Thanks for tuning in to the Embodied Astrology Podcast. I'm Renee Sills, consulting astrologer, somatic practitioner, and embodiment educator. Your Capricorn season reading was recorded as part of the Embodied Astrology 2024 extended year ahead with astrology dates and timing for your sign. If what you hear in this season's episode resonates, you'll definitely want to check out your year ahead reading. These annual offerings are epic and the results of over two months of research and preparation with this year's astrology. They're ready for download now and they include an hour-long intuitive divination and channeled reading for your sign, along with an additional overview exploring key dates and timing for 2024's astrology, with suggestions for working with this year's main themes, opportunities, and challenges through embodied energetic awareness practices. If you enjoy my monthly and annual readings, join me sometime in my weekly class, Somatic Space, where we attune with the astrological symbolism of the week ahead through guided meditation, visualization, and gentle and healing movement practices. We meet live on Zoom every Monday from 8 to 9.30 a.m. Pacific, and you can always tune in with the recordings if you can't attend live. For those of you interested in working more deeply with your own chart, learning to read charts for others, Or if you're an astrologer interested in working with a somatic approach, you might be interested in my foundation's course, Your Chart is a Body. I'll be starting a new cohort in March with the Aries season equinox, and registration is opening soon. Check the show notes for more details on all of my offerings and upcoming events. You can find written transcripts of all of my season-ahead horoscopes in Embodied Astrology's virtual membership community. When you become a member, you'll also get access to the Embodied Astrology blog, and an audio-video library of astrologically-themed embodiment practices and meditations. Your donations and memberships sustain these ongoing free offerings. If you would like to support this work, please make sure to follow, subscribe, and leave a great review. Follow the links in the show notes or go to embodiedastrology.com to make a one-time or recurring donation or to learn more about the different levels of Embodied Astrology membership. Thank you so much for your support. Now onto your Capricorn season horoscope. Uh, Let's get into the year of astrology with 2024. And we are going to start on the solstice of 2023, the Capricorn solstice, um, December 21st. And this season takes us into the new year. So Capricorn is your fellow earth sign and it is fundamentally a supportive energy for you. The placement of Capricorn in the Virgo solar chart is in the solar fifth house and this is a place of generative, creative, pleasurable pastimes, hobbies. This is where you find your vitality and uh, enjoyment in life. However, Virgo, (laughs) since 2008, this place in your chart has been graced by the Lord of Death, the planet Pluto, the outer planet, uh, whose orbit is over 200 years around the sun and therefore spends a long ass time in any given sign. It's been here since 2008. And in 2024, Pluto is making its final exit from Capricorn. Hallelujah. If you're somebody who's been following astrology for a while, you're, are you, you might be like, oh my God, it's still there. Yes, it is still there. 
and in 2024, it makes its way on out. So when we enter Capricorn season, there is an air of anticipation because Pluto is hanging out at the very last degree of Capricorn. And over the course of the season, from the 21st of December until the 20th of January, the sun is moving towards its annual conjunction with Pluto. And this is the last time that the sun will conjoin Pluto um, in 200 and something years. So the this Pluto will not be back to this place for the rest of your life. And the fact that it was here for the last 15, 16 years is notable because not everybody is a Virgo-identified person, and that means that not everybody will experience having Pluto move through their fifth house in their entire lifetime. And the fact that you have had Pluto moving through Capricorn in your fifth house is significant. So think back to 2008 and what has been unfolding in your life since then in regards to your happiness, your sense of personal potential, and how you are in relationship to your own actualization and agency, your creative capacities. Life is creative. We are all part of creation. And creative energy is everywhere. So you are creating your life day to day. You are creative when you make choices, especially when you make choices consciously. Um, creative energy likes to play and it is inherently playful. In these last 15, 16 years, what has your relationship been to play, to creativity, to your relationship with childlike energy that can include your own inner child, as well as children, as well as the feeling of, uh, you know, curiosity, innocence, um, unconditional love, you know, ways that we might connect with our childlike energy. You might also think about your basic vitality, your chi, the energy that moves through your body. Um, you can also think about what gives you energy, right? What boosts your energy? When you are doing what activities do you feel the most joyful, the most free, the most aligned with what your spirit is here for? Now, since 2008, you have had to wrestle with the Lord of the Underworld when it comes to these themes. Now, the Lord of the Underworld has almost no myths written about them. Hades, Pluto, the same across many cultures. In Egyptian culture, for instance, the uh, guardian of the graves, Anubis, is rarely figured in the stories and the tales of myth. Why? Because the underworld deities are in the underworld. They can't be known. And so to be in an underworld process, to be in a period of time when you are uh, working through the curriculum of Pluto is to be in a process that requires sacrifice, surrender, and descent. Um, you might be familiar, some of you, with the descent of Inanna. It's a very well-known and beloved story 
of the Mesopotamian goddess uh, associated with the planet Venus. And one of her most well-known myths, uh, Inanna hears the call of the underworld where her sister lives, and she makes a journey. Now, there are many intricacies to this story. I'm not going to get into the whole thing, but I will say that she travels through uh, the gates of the underworld, of, with, of which there are several, and at every gate, she is forced to renounce um, some aspect of attachment to her corporeal, material life and ego. And ultimately, her life is taken. And it is only through uh, the petitions of humility and being with deep listening and, and I'm going to say acceptance of pain that her life is allowed to be restored. And when her life is restored, she then has to make sacrifices in her life. She has to cut away or cut cords with aspects of her life that are not uh, in service to life, to her life, to her well-being, and send them to the underworld in her place. Since 2008, there's been some kind of underworld journey that you have been on when it comes to the realms of happiness and enjoyment and childlike energy and the child self uh, maybe in relationship to your own children or children in the world and in general. Since 2008, um, you have had to really wrestle with, I'm going to say, probably depression um, or some iterations of emotional substance that feel mightily challenging if not corrosive and toxic. During this time, you have had to renounce and sacrifice substantially. And many of you have had to renounce and sacrifice uh, aspects of your lives or relationships or egos and sense of self or bodily autonomy and sovereignty or sense of your own power and strength. Many of you have had to sacrifice loves relationships, passions, pleasures. And the sacrifices were shattering for some of you. And I'm not about to sugarcoat it. You, by necessity, had to go through a transformational process. And in 2024, you are emerging. You are coming back to the world of the living. But you can't take back what was sacrificed. However, that doesn't mean there isn't reclaiming that is happening. And over the course of this time, many of you, in order to contend with and process and heal and find resilience and survival inside of these experiences, many of you have had to draw upon ancient traditional knowledge and reconnect with ancestral origins in order to really 
locate healing and do the work of transformation uh, through these experiences. And so for a lot of you, the sacrifices and the losses may have resonated with sacrifices and losses that your ancestors made or were forced to make. Uh, for many of you, being uh, confronted with your own mortality and with the challenges to your own sense of energy and well-being have required that you become really invested in healing practices and energetic practices that have been long forgotten. Um, maybe that you do the work of restoration, regeneration, and transformation of um, ancestral karma, or that you recollect and reclaim uh, ways of being, ways of knowing, ways of loving, ways of relating that have been lost uh, over time and through lineages of trauma. So there's a theme here of a very profound transformational shift um, that has occurred for you over these last decade and a half. And the place where you are now, I think, is understanding the potency of your own life and the substance of your life. And the potency of your life is not omnipotent, right? Like your potency can't actually go in all directions, in omni-directions. It, it is not um, undepletable. You are mortal. <laughs> you are a body. You are a corporeal being. And your life will not last forever. And I think that you are really feeling that as we enter into 2024 and you are feeling the gravity of that and you are feeling the call. And the call now is to make the rest of your life what you can, right? To engage yourself with the craft of living. And in the craft of living, there are all kinds of ways to tend and care and craft and create. And you have to apply yourself to it. And you have to apply yourself with courage and determination and creativity and the willingness to dedicate yourself consistently to this crafting. That can be exhilarating in certain moments and daunting in the next. But as we enter into 2024, I think there's a really remarkable feeling of wanting to take what you have gone through and what you have learned about your own energy, the necessities that you know that you have for living life to its fullest extent, given the givens of where you are, inside the conditions, working with the consequences of the past, how are you going to make this journey the destination <laughs> is kind of the feeling. The first day of Capricorn season, and you know, you, these, are, these horoscopes are coming to you uh, from the past. So I'm, I'm reading and we're already in Capricorn season. It's December 31st. So I'm, I'm speaking of the past right now, and you're going to be hearing this in the past. So the 
in the future, I mean, <laughs> uh, hello from the past to the future. Um, on the first day of Capricorn season, December 22nd, the inferior conjunction of Mercury to the sun occurs at the first degree of Capricorn just before Mercury retrogrades back into Sagittarius. We do uh, begin the season of Capricorn with a Mercury retrograde. We um, it, uh, Mercury is retrograder in its storm, its station, as we begin the new year. But on the first day of Capricorn season, um, there's a, a feeling of some kind of impression landing in your body about what you need to do in order to care for your own energy. And over the course of the next um, couple of weeks until kind of around January 13th when Mercury comes back into Capricorn, it feels like there are concentrated efforts to restructure and rethink and revise some important elements of your foundational experience so that you can be uh, more available energetically to your own energy, to what you want to be creating, to your vitality, etc. And these foundational readjustments, um, they feel family-related, home-related, um, related to a sense of belonging or basic foundational security as Mercury moves back into Sagittarius into your solar fourth house. And then on December 26th, there was a full moon in the sign Cancer. The Cancer-Capricorn axis uh, definitely highlights these themes of home, family, belonging, and foundations. And this full moon um, is stimulating an inner process for you that has to do with transformation of the present moment in order to get to the future. There's a remarkable feeling across 2024 of push and pull, one foot in the past, one foot in the future. How do we get to where we want to go? We got to pick up what we uh, left as a mess before. We can't get to where we're going until we know where we're coming from, this kind of thing. And so the end of December is kind of full of this feeling. There's a lot of energy moving towards getting the kind of support and understanding foundational agreements and uh, revisions of situations that will allow you to move uh, in directions that you want to move. But relationships and the contracts inside of relationships um, are kind of confusing around this time. And it doesn't feel easy necessarily. It feels like there are emotions <laughs> that are present and therefore it's not entirely, yeah, it may be straightforward what you need to do, but the straightforwardness on a logical level isn't necessarily straightforward on a spiritual or energetic level. Um, and so there's a natural contraction at the end of the year. I think there's a lot of concentration on what you're trying to fortify or restructure so that you can move towards the future. But there's also a lot of uh, kind of emotional saturation in the realms of relationship and what, what these changes mean or need. On December 30th, which was yesterday from my recording day, the planet Jupiter stations direct uh, at five degrees of Taurus, so also an Earth sign. Um, 
Capricorn season brings a lot of support for Virgos to figure out how they're going to make the next steps uh, as these movements are occurring in Earth. Now, Jupiter has been retrograde in Taurus since September of 2023, and it uh, has been moving through this part of your chart uh, pretty consistently um, since May of 2023. It made a brief appearance in 2022. But this is broadening horizon uh, material. And I'm going to say that some oftentimes our horizons broaden first by imagining that they can, right? Longing for some kind of new experience, new adventure. And there's a feeling of Jupiter in the ninth house as being a period of time that is calling you to adventure, a new call to adventure. Now, the energy of Taurus is not easily moved necessarily. And so the call to adventure may have been met with obstacles, uh, backlogs, um, stubbornness, the actual just material realm, like, you know, you want to go somewhere, but <laughs> like you need money and you need a plan and you need the entire world to agree to your plan. And that means that like problems, you know, people can't have problems. People can't need you for other things. Um, cl the climate, you know, like there can't be a climate disaster in the place that you're going. It's like, there's a lot of moving pieces in order for you to be able to move how you want to move. And it's not really entirely up to you. Um, and so 2023 could have felt like a period of time where, you know, you're, you're moving towards expansion, but then the earth realm is dense and things take time. So you've been preparing, uh, wanting it, moving towards it and waiting. <laughs> so Jupiter is stationing direct basically the last day of the year. And then on the first day of the new year, on January 1st, Mercury will station direct in Sagittarius. Now, Sagittarius is a sibling sign for you. It's also on the mutable cross. It holds a cardinal angle in your chart. It's an important energy. This is a place of foundation, home, belonging, basic stability. And this is where I was talking about a moment ago. Um, so as Mercury stations direct, Jupiter stations direct, then we have this feeling of coordination of many moving pieces and a, a increasing sense of readiness for you to kind of get free of something and move in this direction that has been calling you for some time. If you enjoyed this season ahead reading and found it supportive, make sure to purchase and download your 2024 year ahead reading now. My year ahead readings are deep dives into the details of the year, special for your sign, with a focus on making the most of the opportunities and meeting the challenges with skill and grace. You'll get a big picture overview that spans the year, connecting 2024 to the past and the future, and providing a larger context than my monthly readings can get into. Find more information in the show notes or in the horoscope section at embodiedastrology.com. Um, in your 2024 overview in the kind of channeled reading that I did, um, I think I started off talking about how this is a year where long-term processes come to fruition. And I think a lot of you have been building towards something for some time. You probably haven't known how it's going to look in terms of specifics, but you've had a general vibe. And 
because the earth plane is dense and things take time, you've just had to work incrementally towards it. But I feel like as we move into the new year, there is a sense of increasing momentum. And this increases as Mars comes into Capricorn on January 4th um, over the next month and a half or so. Um, you have a lot of energy to direct uh, in, in directions of creative development. You are effective during this time. This is a great period of time for you to be um, kind of doing the work of clearing out what needs to get cleared out so that you can move forward. Um, the new moon on January 11th, around the time that these horoscopes will be released into the world, um, is a really powerful new moon for Virgos to be working with around manifestation, um, particularly manifestation of joy, manifestation of pleasure, and manifestation of your hopes and dreams. Um, now, manifestation magic doesn't work if it's grounded in gaslighting, spiritual bypassing, and avoidance. So as you think about what you're trying to manifest, connect yourself with the world at large and move in directions of personal manifestation that are in service to the greatest well-being and highest good. And really allow the world to touch you. We're beginning 2024, ending 2023, in a moment of um, very stark illumination of very toxic patterns in human consciousness. Um, the colonial powers are fully invested in genocidal warfare and land theft and indigenous erasure and ongoing racist violence across the world. Um, if you are manifesting for yourself, how is what you are manifesting, cultivating, building, serving alternatives to this paradigm of death that has so deeply shaped the modern world? Manifest with accountability, but manifest, Virgo. The Capricorn new moon on January 11th is a powerful time to plant seeds for new growth. Uh, this is a place in your chart that has a lot to do with fertility and creation. What are you wanting to bring into the world? What are you wanting to give birth to in your life? A couple of days after that, Mercury moves into Capricorn. Mercury and Jupiter are uh, helping each other out. And so the last week of Capricorn season it's a very powerful energetic alignment in the Virgo solar charts. And the feeling right now is we are preparing for the future um, with accountability to the world, understanding that on an energetic level, as I talked about in your year ahead uh, reading, on an energetic level, the ways that you work towards your own pleasure, joy, and generosity are absolutely connected to the pleasure, joy, and generosity 
of the environment around you and when you work in ways that serve to support the pleasure, joy, and generosity of the world around you, that flows back into you. And so as we move towards the end of Capricorn season and the Sun-Pluto conjunction on January 20th, which is the day that Aquarius season begins, I want to ask you what sacrifices need to be made so that you can do the work of transformation into your next chapter. And think about this all of Capricorn season and bring this into your manifestation work around the new moon. What do you need to let go of, especially on the energetic realm, if you want to move into these new ways of being that you are imagining for yourself? There might be some really practical things in there, but I'm going to say that probably all Virgos could let go of being critical and judgmental towards themselves and others, especially around creativity. And so when it comes to ideas about like, oh, you know, I do this thing, but that person does it like that and they do it better. There's like a kind of comparison or competition or feeling of um, not living up to somebody else. You could really let go of it. You could really let go of it. Tell yourself over and over, make it into a mantra, that the world, the earthly world, is abundant and it thrives because of biodiversity. That every living creature needs to express itself in its own unique gifts. And the fact that you express yourself as you do is your gift. And when you focus on the actualization and articulation of what your heart really wants to be expressing and articulating, that is the best that you can do. And it's not about meeting anybody else's guidelines for uh, approval or validation. And it's, it's not about policing yourself about not being good enough. Let it go. Let it go. The, the ways that you fixate on what isn't good enough, let it go. When you find yourself getting oriented towards the problems of things, Notice where they grip you in your guts. Notice how your energy gets chunky and crunchy. Breathe. Focus on your breath. Do the work that we talked about in the year ahead overview of energetic healing. Apply those principles. It's not about bypassing or gaslighting what the problems actually are, but there is more than just that. It is an imperative of our physiological survival that our consciousness gathers around distress because we need to know if somebody's crying and we need to know if there's an injury. But when we're only focusing on the pain, when we're only focusing on the injury, then that's all there is. When you get hung up in judgment, critique, criticism, whether it's towards yourself or towards others, that's what you're looking at. It doesn't mean you need to ignore reality of things, but see the relationships that hold them. And then remind yourself that somewhere in every living being and in every system, and that includes you, 
there is health, creativity, and brilliance. We might need to go back to infant origins and stem cells. We might need to go back to primordial ancestors who made their ways out of the oceans. We might need to go all the way back to the star nations that predated humanity. But somewhere inside of living consciousness is health, well-being, creativity, and brilliance. And hold that in your perspective. And focus on that. Try and cultivate awareness of that when you're in moments of feeling judgmental and critical, especially towards yourself. This work wouldn't exist without a team. Ashgood is our website manager. Alicia Mauji is our community coordinator. Ariana Sears-Putowski prepares and edits transcripts of these readings. Gabs404 is our visual creative director. Joe Stewart is our office coordinator. And Vera Lumi composed and created this music. Thank you so much for listening. We're wishing you all the best in the season ahead. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now.